Human or God? Being human. We are white, black, yellow, mixed race. We are short, fat, thin, rich, poor. We are men, we are women, we are neither. We are 100 genders. We are working class, middle class, aristocracy. Being human, we are indefinable. We are human. When we're struggling with difficult people, it's really helpful to remember this. Because Facebook has appealed to our need to be tribal. This is why we're constantly arguing about little things on social media. It's me too, I'm not lecturing you. It's reduced us to labels we cling to and fight to be part of. But we are more than this. We are human. The big guns of Facebook turn us into tribes to sell to us. It's the chicken and the egg. No one knows which came first, our appetites or commerce, but one look at history will tell you all we need to know about tribes. Most tribes have been conquered with people who had money and bigger guns. Being human means being vulnerable to the big guns. Sticky. We are more than labels to be sold to. We are human. Social media is watering us down. We may be tribal, but tribes historically don't keep their independence for long. Calling Facebook a community is a trick. The truth is, it separates us from our community, with fake loyalties created to sell brands. Big businesses want to sell to us pure and simple. Facebook is simply a place to harvest our information and sell to us more efficiently. This makes more money for faceless corporations. Why not take a break of one week from social media for your mental health? Plan what you'll do instead and keep a diary of what you notice. How can you limit your use of social media moving forward? And can you build in regular breaks according to the seasons and your own personal triggers? What are your personal triggers? Find your independence from fake tribes. Stay human. Hello. Hello, Jess. And hello, everyone. And hello to 361 Lifeline. It's us. We are episode 15. Welcome. We've had a little bit of a break and we're back with the impossible ideal. And today we're going to be talking about icons, idols, how the idea of them may possibly be bad for our mental health and how we could manage this impossible ideal that's in our faces 24-7 and we're going to be as always sharing some work and some poetry so hi I'm Alice Smith of 361 Life Support and I am joined by Jess Hawks. Hi guys. Hi Jess how are you on this sunny day? I'm pretty well thank you I've started growing sunflowers so I'm keeping a like Facebook live journal of that every day and they're doing pretty well so I'm quite happy. How about yourself? That sounds great. Yes, I really love the sunshine. and um, But I am, always, as ever, busy. Um, I'm launching my 361 recovery program tomorrow, um, which is uh, the actual packages to, to do life coaching. Um, and I'm creating a brand new web page. So that's keeping me busy. And then I'm playing, learning to play my harp. Exciting. 
<laughs> oh, and okay, I may as well just get even more stranger. I just raided my wardrobe and started washing my fur coats because it's a sunny day. That's the sort of thing I do when it's sunny. That makes absolute sense. That is fair enough. It, take advantage of the weather while we've got it, eh? Yes, because some, some of them smell and they've got strange stains on. I'm not even going to go there. But today we're talking about the impossible ideal. And I thought we'd kick off, Jess, by talking about um, icons, really, and, um, well, idol worship in general. This is going to be one of those episodes. I don't know where it's going to go. So uh, you chose it, Jess. So so why did you choose it? What's going on? Well, it's been something we've mentioned in previous podcasts especially when discussing things like body image and the expectations put on people and I've had a couple of weeks where I've struggled with you know trying to be overly productive and luckily we've busted the you know we've got back on the gravy train of doing but I think it's an important one since we're now in what week 11 going into 12 of lockdown and I think a lot of people are probably struggling with how they're feeling as well I knew a fair few of my friends are quite frustrated that they still can't see anyone. So I feel like maybe it's a good reminder that everybody's doing better than they probably think they are. That's brilliant message. And yeah, I had um, one of the reasons why we, we've only done one podcast for the last couple of weeks is because we both kind of had um, sort of, you know, I don't know about you, like I had really heavy energy and I couldn't get myself going. Um, and, and I talked to a lot of people and they, they were the same a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. I've had um, quite bad migraines and stuff just due to overwhelm. It's been really strange. Yeah, Jess, I've had headaches too. Hate to be one of those people who says, oh, yeah, me too. But I just think it was kind of like a really heavy energy. And I just remembered you mentioned some of the podcasts before, and I wanted to redirect people if they're just joining into us. Please go back, maybe pause now and go back and have a look for The Impossible Task and also Work in Progress. They're two episodes, and we're going to reference them because, as Jess was saying, we're linking this to The Impossible Task, one of our earliest podcasts, and this idea that, you know, we've got to do everything. We, and, and the icons and the idols are another way of, in my view, society telling us to look a certain way, to be a certain way. And that we just we, we just works in progress. And actually, that's an amazing thing to be. Yeah, like my little sunflowers. Uh, one of my friends asked me what color they were going to come out because I'm growing red sunflowers. And, you know, they, they're inquiring what kind of color what what shade of red and I'm like I don't know they're just gonna come out they're gonna be sunflowers and I'm just gonna let them be and we're just gonna document the growth you know that is perfect think- listeners just 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 replay that I mean I mean that is you you are those sunflowers you are not this this um actual see I feel with icons and idols that that well idols that will come on to they are it's like a linear path that society offers us and we must just do all these certain things and let's face it buy all these certain things and if we do we might suddenly attain the peak where you know of of for one second looking like them or something or earning a lot of money but you're saying are you that actually it's the process and that it's messy and um but it, it it's beautiful and actually we don't have to look up to anyone is that what you're saying yeah and that most of us are probably doing as i said better than we think we are well, some of us might be uh, idols to other people. We might be inspiring other people and we don't know. But I, I looked through for this first part, I looked through the history of icons. Uh, 
And, you know, the word icon itself, it's banded about, isn't it? Like for people like Madonna and um, eventually, uh, I suppose, Gaga and Mick Jagger and, you know, I could go on. But originally, obviously, it's just it just means it, I looked back and at some point in the I can't remember when in the church, uh, there was a big debate as to whether they could represent God, Mary, fill, it, fill in the blank, the person um, from which particular faith, whether they could represent it in art and then people could buy that art and they could go back and they could have it in their room and they could worship to the God that was represented on there in the shrine. Obviously, this has been done by indigenous cultures with with all sorts of, you know, with the earth in general. But let's just leave that to one side for a moment. And um, so so there was a big debate. And eventually the Catholic Church, you may not be surprised to know, was 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 the big yes to this. So I went to Rome a couple of years ago and there were shops full of icons. And that's where the icon comes from. So I could go and I could buy a Mary and it would be like having a piece of Mary there to worship. And um, I'm not knocking it. I have got a picture of Mary Magdalene in my room, but uh, it was just this idea that we could we could worship these photographs. So now we fast forward to 2020, and um, you know what's happened to the icon now. Um, I mean, do do you do you worship um, stars as icons, Jess? And and um, could you tell us a bit about how you feel about that? Having grown up. And especially with the birth of kind of the Me Too culture and call out culture, I find it a really complicated subject because suddenly a, like a couple of the icons or, you know, celebrity kind of, for me, it was always musicians. And to find out a few of them have potentially done some really dodgy things has been kind of devastating. And I think a lot of people from my age bracket you know, I know a lot of people that would have pictures of Ian Watkins on his on their wall. I never had him. I had the Lacuna Coil one because I remember his face was on the back of like a poster double. And I find a lot of it's very confusing because I think the idea of certain ideology that people have when they're idolizing people, they forget the part where the nature of being human is quite complicated and just because somebody is represented as good doesn't mean they're not capable of doing bad things and just because somebody's represented as bad doesn't mean they're not capable of doing good things and Paris Hilton is another good one of another good example of this um she was one of the first celebrities with a sex tape release and she got slated due to you know the type of woman that she is and when she won the lawsuit, I think she donated, like, obviously this isn't gospel, but, uh, you know, she donated the proceeds apparently to charity. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, she didn't do it for herself, but moments like that are kind of forgotten and lost. And it's a very kind of confusing thing because it's a case of who do you look up to and why? And then you get the call out culture backlash. You're like, oh, actually, they're quite terrible. So it's a bit confusing for me. Yeah, I like the way you've explained that to, to me from someone from a different generation. And and I think, you know, we have got a different idea of it. Um, what My first icon, as in my first picture that I put up in the bedroom, was Michael Jackson. Um, 
in the thriller stage and you know and I kind of worshipped him in inverted commas and and look how that went um and there's a good point that you've made there about hero worshipping of people um so I think in society if you look at the whole not just Britain or western society well actually yeah sorry just western society we've replaced our gods with human gods and you mentioned it there we've got feet of clay so it's one thing to um to worship uh, the the god of your choice um who's mystical and it's another thing to worship a human being because they're always going to be flawed um so yeah that that's something just to think about for when you call someone an icon listeners think about what you're saying you're actually saying that that person is can be in your bedroom worshipped basically that's what you're saying um in 2020 and and have a think about the look around you you know i would say and think who are we worshipping if anyone says trump right now can you please just switch off uh, <laughs> goodbye um and we're just gonna have a little break now to hear some words of wisdom from some 50 something icon you know i love my 50 something icons here it is Jennifer Aniston is an icon. Why? It simply seems to me because she doesn't look the age that she is. This seems to be a case of veneration of somebody who is saying they are not 50 and I just don't understand it. To prove my point, here's some of Jennifer Aniston's quote unquote words of wisdom. The greater your capacity to love, the greater your capacity to feel pain, really. The best smell in the world is the man that you love. Hmm, okay. I've gone for each type, rough guy, nerdy and slick guy. Men in general are a good thing. Oh, Jennifer, steady on with this wisdom. Nobody thinks of them as sexy, really. Some days you go, hey, I'm not going too bad today. If you try and be sexy, you'll never be sexy. Wow. Oh, should I go on? I don't always say. I always say don't make plans, make options. Mm, Deep. When someone follows you all the way to the shops, you know your life has changed. Too right, especially if it's in Cradley Heath. I'm trying to think of the last time I just said, what the hell, and did something crazy. Well, doesn't that say it all? I don't get sent anything strange like underwear. I get sent cookies. Somebody's trying to tell you something, love. That's what I hate a lot about comedies. When you're making it funny. The first time I kissed Brad, my knees went weak. I lost my breath. Remember, this is words of wisdom. I don't know how this is going to help us ladies in our 50s. Oh, and I think I think this is kind of really, really good for the survivor, don't you? A relationship isn't going to make me survive. It's the cherry on top. And I could go on because apparently there's 154, but that's the biggest shocker that she actually said 154 of these atrociously naff, insipid things.
Hello and welcome back to part two of 361 Lifeline, the impossible ideal, icons and idols. And I'm Alice Smith and I am chewing the fat with Jess Hawks. Hi, Jess. Hi, guys. It was really interesting what you were saying before. We were talking about hero worship and I wanted to go on to talk about idols now. You know, we've even had this horrible show called Pop Idol that I've never watched, but I think it's like pop will eat itself. Um, Andy Warhol was right, you know, because this this creates this idea that the pop idol becomes the expert. Again, I'm talking from my generation. I find it laughable because my in my generation, the idols were like, you know, really tea culture. And uh, in a show like that, and now they're fighting to get looking like waxworks. Here I am. I'm going off on one now, Jess, and um, looking like mannequins and actually becoming an expert just because they're an idol. And, and this just blows my brain. I think it's it's very yeah. new, this idea of the idol as the expert. Yes and no. If, you know, you look at art and artists that kind of got idolised, a lot of them would have set the trend for stuff. If you look at Lady Gaga, she's amazingly talented within her own right, doing all the songwriting for other people. Um, even if you listen to her live lounge stuff and her acoustic things. So it's... I, I agree with the kind of X Factor gaze. I don't necessarily like that. I think it's taken a lot of craftsmanship and a lot of toil away from professional artists. But it's the same with fast fashion and having people like the Kardashians and Kanye West suddenly producing fashion labels when there are people that have studied for years in order to create garments that fit and are stylized in a certain way and then they get negated. And it celebrity culture is, I'd say, kind of damaging for a lot of, I, I think it's damaging for a lot of celebrities involved and definitely for a lot of people that kind of worship at that table i think the generation gap here for uh, between me and you and and we do talk about this generation gap a lot in this 361 podcast is that icons are now used to sell brands i mean i know they always have done but for me i loved lady gaga but i absolutely found re it really distasteful that she was selling new eyeshadow palettes last week when it's kind when it's it's kind of and I think this is probably a generational thing. I'm just disgusted. I, yeah. I would expect her, you know, I I come from the I, the um, time of Live Aid. You know, I, I come from the time yeah. of when is she going to get get no makeup on, rough herself up, go, go out there and, and, you know, and help people, you know, and, and there she is with her new eyeshadow range. And feel free to, to argue the toss with me. But I'm just saying from my point of view that this is what I find distasteful about icons now. In, in some ways, I definitely agree. Like, I follow a lot of sporting people, you know, people that I... Um, so there's a few people on YouTube that produce videos to do with fitness, weightlifting, and, you know, years of experience have been put into it, and then they've got various different brands, but it's often own-built. And the ones I follow religiously are the ones that kind of practice what they preach if you will and then there was one who I will not name because you know I'm not here to call anybody out but I was following one particular 
um youtuber on a fitness journey and suddenly out of nowhere it's train like me videos but i've had a boob job so you need 7k in the bank to look like me and we're not going to discuss the fact that i've had a boob job and that my body type isn't achievable without help and then from there it was oh and now i use my channel to plug brands and to sell other people's things and to sell you products rather than focus on fitness and it seemed to very much stray from the original kind of point that she made whereas the other people that I follow um one of them it Meg Squat she's on Instagram and YouTube I think she's amazing because she's done whole videos on her entire sporting career like when she got the ideal body and the kind of struggle she's had with it and then all of it is focusing on improving people's fitnesses and including other kind of strong women within her circle and promoting that kind of side of stuff and it it's an interesting thing that a lot of people do where you watch people kind of sell out I guess. Oh I totally agree I be... totally agree but you can watch them teeter on the edge as well so Lady Gaga you know is is one of my was one of my big icons and I that makeup range to me is sellout and it she's teetering the perfume the makeup you know to bit to bring something like that out in the coronavirus that makeup palette to me is way, way out of step um but i think she'll i think she'll teeter back you know i think she'll go back because like a star is born was really earthy and fantastic so i think she'll always be kind of on the edge of sellout and the, the other person that i really think this applies to is russell brand because i really like him what he says but every so often he, he gets a man bun and a really long beard and sits cross-legged and does really ridiculous um really expensive american conferences with with people that he would probably laugh at you know, and um, you, you sort of think, what are you doing? And he even sort of says to himself, he's selling out. He even says it. And then he goes back to saying some really decent things about British politics. So, yeah, I think I think the best icons, I suppose, kind of they, they step, they take a step back, don't they? And they and they think, what what am I? What is my original purpose in doing this? Or what what is my original talents? But it's the ones that lack talent that are really that really sell out. <laughs> <laughs> that get lucky you know what I mean well maybe we have to question the culture that supports them yeah it is it's but it's like pushing they... isn't it it's put you know you, you look at Gaga original and I, one of the reasons I liked her was she was kind of like the ugly girl and I love that the clever ugly girl and uh, at the moment you know that that's not there that person's not there they're just selling they're selling makeup palettes so but but you know I'm sure she could change back into that and uh, yeah, the society is pushing to make make people become huge multi-million businesses, don't they? And they're only people. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure I read an article where she was discussing selling out via the perfume thing because um, she seemed pretty self-aware about it because she was like, if I am going to release a celebrity fragrance, it's going to have to be in black. And I remember that line sticking out. Again, I can't remember which article. My brain is a little <laughs> bit fried. <laughs> but um, it is an interest. But at the same time, you know, should we be berating them because they're putting food on their table in their own way? It's one of those where... 
I think if you take this status of icon, then you you take on a responsibility, don't you? But I think we're coming back to this original point that people are only human. You know, they're not gods, are they? So, yeah, but it's, it's that that in itself is a complicated one because Little Mix did a performance. I think it was for X Factor, and they got slated based on their wardrobe choices, even though they were all grown women. And they sat there and they were like, you can put... And the same with Miley Cyrus when she broke out of that Disney perfect thing and went, I'm not that girl next door type. You know, I'm a grown woman. It, it's an interesting... like That in itself is an interesting way to look at it as well because while they have the responsibility of being, you know, what teenage girls, children look up to, adults or what the world technically perceive them as it doesn't mean that that is them. so are you saying that it's and not just an impossible ideal for us as consumers but are you saying that it's an impossible ideal for the celebrities as well i think for a lot of them yeah and especially with the call-out culture i mean imagine if you make one slip up and that whole thing ends up as an online feud i i can't imagine what it would be like to live under that gaze all the time it must be very very stressful to be very perfect yeah I mean I mean I I love what Kate Bush did you know she was just fantastic and and then just did some amazing work then just disappeared and had a life Kylie Minogue words of wisdom had to search quite far for this one. Kylie Minogue is an icon. Why? Because she doesn't look 51. Okay, so that's basically, I think, all she has to offer the world, as you'll see. And you may actually cry at some of the innates here. She's notoriously shallow and superficial and empty when interviewed. Interviewers have tried and failed to get her to say anything remotely interesting. I just don't think there's anything in there. I'm a natural flirt. I don't see it in a sexual way. I'm an overexcited puppy. Hmm, okay. Um, I love to have a bath with beautiful music. It helps me calm down. There you are, mental health tip. The Sun have declared my bum a national treasure. I really did laugh at that. I used to be able to do the Chinese splits where you open your legs sideways. See what I mean? Hmm, okay. I just want to do everything. The reason that gets me is, and the greatest part of my job and what I do is the humanity of it. Okay. I know, I'm not quite sure how. One important thing to know is you're still the same person. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to find something that makes sense. Here we are. I've tried Botox. I've tried them all and how. Um, I'm definitely not one of those people who said you shouldn't do this. Of course you're not. You're, you're complete Botox. Everyone can individually do what they want. Okay. Let's just hold that thought. Um... Because later on, she says um, it's immoral to be involved with a married man. Okay. I can't go on. 
I just can't go on. I, I, I'm really trying to find something that makes sense and is some help to the average 50 year old and I can't. So why not pop down to Vision Express and buy the glasses that she advertises? Three Six One Lifeline, episode fifteen, the impossible ideal, and we're going to end um, the episode today. Well, we're going to have a bit of poetry at the end, uh, but we're going to be talking in this section about how can we embrace the view of ourselves in a work in progress in recovery, um, and, and how can we work with this idea of an impossible ideal, surrounded by impossibly perfect and quoted. Um, Quote in, in quotation marks, icons, idols, people who look great, who don't look their age, who we can't we can't get to them. We can try and buy things to, to become them, but we can't. And so in our own recovery, our mental health recovery, what approach can we take against this barrage of uh, images coming at us? And also our inner critic telling us that we're not good enough as well. So um what do you do, Jess, to to um, to sort of create yourself as a work in progress rather than an impossible ideal? This one is one I'm still working on because my inner critic is quite strong. And a lot of the time I feel like I'm driving very fast without a roadmap. So it is a very difficult one to face I when I get because a lot of my kind of hang-ups recently have all been with my sewing projects because I've been trying to get designs off the ground and one of the ways I've tackled it is through cleaning the environment around me and being productive in other ways I because th I think it's important we often lose focus on our general well-being and life when we're focusing on kind of the micro aspects of it allowing yourself downtime as well like you don't have to be productive all the time is an important one and just having time to enjoy I'm not saying necessarily screen time I'm not saying that just get outside do something different pick up a different art project sort of thing the sunflower diaries are definitely helping because it's nice documenting growth and growing things is another good thing because it's a perfect example of how things don't work out perfectly but they still produce something and yeah challenging the inner critic whenever you have those critical thoughts is important surrounding yourself with people that will challenge it as well because sometimes you don't realize when you're speaking with that voice um I've got a lot of artistic friends that are all very talented and I'll sit and discuss certain projects and they're like, well, you have done all this though. You know, remember that. And in terms of the bombardment with things like social media, curate your social media. Don't follow people that reinforce the idea that you're not that. If they can give you the tools to do something productive, probably a good idea. Or limit your social media use if you have a lot of that, I think, as well. I don't know. What would you recommend? 
I think they're brilliant tips, Jess. I've just made a few little notes. Thanks. <laughs> and listeners, I hope you have too. I've made notes of three things from Jess there. Um, yeah, social media, bottom line, Jess, I've had to impose it. I've been doing it for three years and I've never quite managed to keep it. It's 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 um it's not been as successful as my sobriety so far. Uh I've got an 8 p.m. um stopping social media, bottom line which, as I say, has been on and off for three years. I'm just being honest. Um, I've done a, a week nearly at the moment. And um, I would also say uh, challenge the people that you've got as icons and idols. Challenge them to earn their keep. So in this podcast, you'll hear lots of words of wisdoms in quotes from Kylie, Jennifer Aniston, and my other favourites, in inverted commas, favourite 50-year-old women. And, and really ask yourself, are they talking a load of crap? And the answer is yes. So I'm not going to have them as my icons because they can't teach me anything. And I think, yeah, again, okay, this is a generation thing, but the people of my age out there, I think we do want our icons to teach us something. I think we're past them just looking good. Um, I think we want, we have expectations of idols and I'd say make them earn the keep, make people, I want somebody who's going to tell me something really wise. And, you know, um, I've even gone off Oprah for that reason because I love Oprah but she's so materialistic as well and is plugging things all the time um and so yeah I've kind of lessened stuff from Oprah as well um and so it's challenge your icons and idols by all means have them but make sure they're earning their keep in your in your library you know in the person that you're looking you're looking up to and the other thing is the more we worship out outer worship outer things the less inner work we can do so over the lockdown i've been doing loads of inner work uh, reading studying watching things of uh, podcasts and as you said with curating social media i at my age i'm curating what comes into my mind because uh, i you know obviously i feel like i don't have that much time i've, I've got more of life behind me than ahead now so I think as we get older, we, we, we've got to be more discerning or we're going to be lost. I mean, especially at the moment, the world's gone crazy, hasn't it? Let's face it. Oh, majorly. I mean, you know, we've just we have just got to mention, I think, what's happening in Minnesota. And, and you know, that we, we've got to it's back to this balance we've been talking about in the podcast all along. We need to know what's happening, but we, we've got to limit our emotional reaction as well because there's so much chaos chaos and trump is just saying ridiculous things like every hour now not just once a week and we've got all that coming in haven't we and i i don't know about you i feel so disappointed that a president of the usa would who's in an iconic position massively iconic would would say some of the things that he's saying i just think it's disgusting um i'm not really following that side of it and very much um a lot of the friends you know the friends I keep on my feed and a lot of the people that I'm surrounded with are very liberal very left-wing so a lot of what I've been viewing is very much the other side of the argument and I'm so proud of a lot of my friends to be inclusive and to not hold you know horrific ideals I think it's absolutely abhorrent some of the reaction to it I, I don't even have words for what's gone on you know there's been murders purely based on skin tone and it's so disheartening 
it is but as i say i mean it, we're, we're talking about our mental health we're talking about limiting social media i don't mean not caring i mean limiting it for our own mental health it's really 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 important now that listeners that you have a look at, at what you're digesting what you're consuming there um and have a passionate, heartfelt response, yes. But but I, th- I do think it links, Jess, to what we're talking about, the impossible ideal, because we do have a president there, the most powerful man in the world. And whether you like it or not, he is an icon. Um, he's someone whose photograph is, is, is in many people's houses, probably millions, and he's worshipped. Um, and, and, and I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, within the enshrined within the constitution he's the mouthpiece of the most powerful constitution in the world so so he to me is an impossible ideal and uh, so so i think i just think i would say to li- listeners that we you've got to wake up you've got to you can't just keep going on having barbecues and ignoring all of this you have have barbecues by all means but you have to wake up to what's going on now because maybe you could start to create in your own little way, um, I wouldn't say an ideal world, but you could change your world in your little patch of it. I mean, um, you know, because we've got got to end on a positive, haven't we, Jess? And uh, do you agree yeah. that you know this the small acts that we do in the ordinary could could collectively change things? Majorly, um, I think being able to stand up and actually follow through with your ideals because I think this is something we should also probably include with this idea of ideology you know if you're following people follow them because they have similar ideals or mindset to you as well and you know create curate your own garden of wonderful where you're trying to like if you're focusing on bettering yourself and the world around you that's a really big thing and having the self-awareness to actually try that is massive, as I think this is all kind of proving. Because at the end of the day, right now, the world is a little bit insane and we don't know what we're coming out of lockdown into either. And to be, you know, we don't have to go backwards. That is so true, Jess. And and listeners, we want to leave you with that positive note. Um, we. I just have on my mirror, work, walk through the world with your vision. And that's what I'm going to do. And if we all did that, um, that's, that's a good place to start, I think. Um, and if you don't know what your vision is, well, it, there's still time to, to sit and think about that and, or, or just allow it to appear as it does. It, it might be when you're a little bit older, we just don't know. But the one thing we can't do anymore is just sit and be passengers. If we really believe in, in something and inequality especially, we've got to stand up now and, and notice and wake up to it, I think. Jennifer Lopez is an icon who turned 50 and she's famous for not looking 50. But when she was 50, Oprah gave us some amazing quotes that were apparently billed as words of wisdom from a 50-year-old. So let's see what she had to say. Spot the cliche. I'm not here to be perfect and I'm not here to be anything but my best, whatever that means. So yeah, she hasn't found it yet. Your mistakes are not what def- you define you. I think she read that in a book somewhere. 
okay you've got to love yourself first mm, deep you really have to make the power you have to have the power to make your life wherever you want it to be spot the cliche this one could go down well at the club you have to stand up and say there's nothing wrong with me or my shape or who i am you're the one with the problem make sure that they're not armed and dangerous if you're going to shout that into someone's face in birmingham on a night out oh what else i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not feeling the wisdom yet oprah Hmm. anything else I'm, I'm still holding out some hope sometimes we have to explore the darkness to get to the light oh that sounds like poltergeist mm. if you feel you can do it you can do it that's definitely not hers oh i'm just gonna search through see if i can find one amazing one to finish always follow your heart wow it's amazing isn't it that now i'm sure that that was on cinderella the disney film what a complete load of bollocks the illusion of singularity i am something i am nothing i am not no thing i am something I am something I can't quite see, but even in the half-light, I know I am not what you wanted me to be. I am a thing of wonder, diminished. I am a star, extinguished. I am beauty, unvarnished. Who is ever finished anyway, the perfect article? We are all particles of dust and air and to dust we will prepare to return and the world turns in the space of the sea Alice Smith 2006 She'd worked so hard to strive to achieve to reach heights unattainable. She leapt off the shoulders of giants to reach not only for the moon, but to bask in the heat of the sun. For a moment it was beautiful, till the reality hit, like a freight train, that her worth was not what she could achieve and create. But at the end of the day, the only things about her that held power were the state of her face and the size of her waist. Three Six One Recovery Program for Women Following Loss of Any Kind is launching tomorrow. That's Monday, June the first. Please check out details on three six one life support co uk. Three Six One Life Support is hosting Three Six One Recovery, which is a program designed by me, Alice. I call it a gift from survivor to survivor. It's not just for women who've experienced abuse, although that too. It's also designed for women after divorce or going through a divorce or after any bereavement or loss or going through a transition of every kind and let's face it post lockdown we're all in transition 
There's three options to choose from on this promotion which lasts for six weeks. The first one is called Package One First Steps. This allows you to sample three 60-minute sessions and see if life coaching is for you and if this particular coaching is for you. This coaching is very much face focused on mental health recovery. The second package is called Slow Burn Ignite. And this is for somebody who may want to do a six month program with just one session every month for six months. And this is giving you a longer view, but less input, but still a longer view for you to have life coaching just once a month for six months. And then there's a post lockdown power package, which is six sessions in six weeks, a really intensive way of coming out of lockdown and facing the future and defining your new normal. 361 Recovery also has optional elements within the coaching or standalone six week options on sobriety. This is for women who are in the first weeks, months or first two years of their sobriety. Or there's a six week option on celibacy. This is for women who may want to maintain their celibacy after lockdown for sexual healing and mental health recovery. I'm really excited to share this. Um, it's been seven years in the making and I've rolled up all the lessons I've learned into the recovery program. And I hope you'll join me. Please check out the website for more information and get in touch to book a free 30 minute trial on Skype or Zoom. That's 361 Life Support uk and I'm Alice. Work in progress, scribbled, don't even know where, found. Seems to be about heaven and hell. Heaven is full of echoes and hell tastes of smoke and mistakes. That's one of my favourite lines I've written. It just came out. Am I in heaven or hell? Where are you? Can I be in both, with the backdrop endlessly flickering from one to the other? Through the chapters out here. The edge of glory. Hill. Tip one up, no doubt. Heaven is full of echoes from hell. It is never silent. And it is as fleeting as the sun's ways. Hell tastes of smoke. and the mistakes that sent us here and the tastes that keep me here. A choice or a conclusion, design or amusement, fun or malignant intention. With an angel on each shoulder, I cannot always hear the beat of the drum I march to. The smoke is inside us always. And the apples. And even, even if we can choose our poison, there are only so many ways to die. In heaven I dream, but in hell I never dream alone. Shared dreams are our collective torture. Collective memories become dreams of victory. It is all surreal and it cracks as we step on it. Like a meringue, sweet, brittle and worthless. The stars burnt and they glow in heaven where people glory will never fade but in hell 
is the it's the floor that's alight with our burning memories. Ooh, I like that. I always read stuff back I've written and it's like someone else wrote it. Don't remember writing it. We are barefoot in both. But there are great gulps of heat and thirst pulling us under endlessly. Forever and ever, amen. The sound of the seagulls on the sea keeps us sugar sweet in heaven, but in hell the silence we have for all our lives is not what I can't remember I can't read that bit it's probably quite good but oh yeah the silence we yearn for all our life is not what we yearn for all our lives the silence kills us all over again like the dip in water it will not stop in the middle of the night that doesn't end in a voidless timeless tunnel we pray too late no one is listening to our whispers the silence does not listen that's a good line it echoes back to us our thoughts in some sort of mystical amplification and we wish to die but we already did Here is one long, sunny, autumn day. Starting towards a sun that never comes. An endless, moonless day. Holidays are good precisely because they end. And life is to be lived precisely with the energy that the ending gives to us. Heaven never ends, so where is my motivation? Hell never ends, so how do I escape? Both of them are prisons of my own making. In between, over the edge, is a flickering between. They are two lies. I am somewhere within the distraction. If only I had control of the switch. Well, that's quite deep. Work in progress, Alice Smith. I think this was written, judging by the notebook, in 2018.